Welcome back to Porn Brain Reboot, the podcast with me, Dr. Trish Lee. Uh, I'm so psyched to have you here because we are going to spend our time breaking down a really important concept of a dopamine influx into your brain instead of the dopamine that you're getting from consuming pornography. And my goal is to not only motivate and inspire you to leave porn behind because we know it's damaging your brain and it is definitely creeping into your life, but I'm here to empower you and to give you the tools to do it. So stay with me until the end of this podcast, because we're going to do three things. Number one, I'm going to tell you what I mean by pushing your limits to quit porn by creating a dopamine influx, and it's based on science. Number two, I'm going to remind you what's happening to your brain because of pornography consumption. And then secondly, I'm going to show you how this dopamine influx can offset, especially withdrawal symptoms as you're leaving porn behind to make it easier to be successful in the short run and to maintain success through the long run so you can ride off into the sunset. And then lastly, number three, I'm going to have you figure out for yourself with my encouragement exactly how you're going to do that in your life the minute you get done listening to this podcast. So without further ado, let's rock and roll and start talking about it. Number one, what do I mean? Push your limits to quit porn, create a dopamine influx. Now, this is from a study by Kono. K-O-H-N-O at all from 2013. It's a study on the reward system, how it's connected to the frontal cortex in your brain and how that connection can be influenced by the way that you shape your life through rewards. And in the next podcast, we're going to talk about the losses. So here we're focusing on the rewards. And the big takeaway from this episode is that the rewarding behavior that you set up in your life has major importance for shaping your behavior. Now, let me tell you that concept one more time, and then we'll break it down. The way that you get rewards for your brain in terms of dopamine through the behaviors that you engage in in your life, that shapes your behaviors in the future. Your brain will go towards that behavior that they see as massively rewarding, that it sees as massively rewarding. It will keep going back to that behavior over and over and over to get the dopamine that it's looking for to offset the human condition, right? So the human condition can be a challenging one. Our goal in this podcast is to make the human condition the easiest and have it flow and make it be the best human condition ever by getting on purpose in your work, in your relationships, in your hobbies, in your life, but then by creating dopamine in your life so you don't have to escape into something. Okay, so importance of your reward experiences in shaping your behavior. And the takeaway from this episode is you need a new reward experience so you can shape your behaviors in a new, better, healthier way. Okay, so what we're talking about here is when your brain experiences something that it finds highly rewarding, it will move towards that behavior again. The more rewarding that the behavior is, the easier that it moves towards the behavior. So we've talked about this before in terms of 
building neural pathways in your brain and letting old neural pathways weed over so that you're not taking them anymore. You're taking the new healthier pathways. What we're talking about specifically here is your brain has been taking the easy button neural pathway for reward towards porn consumption. You turn on your phone or your computer, you hit the easy button and your brain gets this massive influx of dopamine. We know that from the science. It's a super normal stimulus. Your brain's getting much too much dopamine. So it's unhealthy. We know from the science that it is frying out the reward center in your midbrain and it's deactivating your prefrontal cortex and your frontal lobe, making it difficult to think, to make decisions, to control your impulses, to make good judgments, to socialize. It makes you feel more anxious. It decreases your ability to focus. That's all the frontal lobe. In the reward center, we know that your brain will need even higher levels of dopamine if you keep going back to porn because your dopamine receptors in your brain are no longer working properly and they need an even larger stimulus to get the same response that they got last time. And your reward center needs more and more stimulation and that can lead to erectile dysfunction amongst other problems. Just to remind you of how this reward center in the brain and how it's connected to the prefrontal cortex and how they're working together. So that's a very unhealthy pattern when you go back to pornography consumption to get the biggest amount of dopamine in your brain, which then makes it difficult for you to stop doing it because the frontal lobe is offline. Okay, that's what you've been creating accidentally for a while. Consistency, frequency, and definitely intensity of pornography consumption is going to lead to that impairment in your brain. So in the ideal world, you're using a brain pattern that's very healthy and optimal, the strongest brain pattern that's out there. One that when you go to do your work, you get little doses of dopamine and your brain goes, this is awesome. I love doing my work. This little hit of dopamine is so rewarding towards these small objectives that I'm taking towards my larger goal of this project at work. It's going to keep me going and moving towards the bigger amounts of dopamine as I keep moving towards this larger goal. You will have good executive function skills that help you to take those small steps towards the larger goal. You're feeling on purpose. You're getting the reward. Your thinking's in flow. That's the optimal brain pattern that we're going for. Small hits of dopamine, sometimes a little bit bigger ones, but your brain rewires itself and it never gets, nor does it need that massive influx of dopamine. So how do we get you from where you are giving your brain this huge dopamine hit all the time to not needing a huge dopamine hit and now feeling the beauty and the wonder and the happiness and the joy of the smaller dopamine hits from being on purpose and work, connecting with the people that you love and having relationships. Uh, let yesterday, my husband did something weird, which is so funny. It's, it would not even be funny in the retail, so I won't even tell you, but I literally was on the back porch. I could not stop laughing. He wasn't even there. I just texted him the thing my daughter said about it and I burst out laughing. I, I have to put the video on Instagram. Uh, I took a video of myself and sent him this video of myself cracking up because I could not stop laughing. And my neighbors were out, were out. I could hear them and I could not stop laughing. I've never met them. They just moved in. I'm like, I'm sure they think I'm a total nut job because I can't stop laughing right now. So funny. But that is a 
dopamine hit. That's dopamine dripping and nice little dopamine flow of me just literally cracking up because of the silliness of that man. And then the way that my daughter explained it. So funny. I actually say it in the video, like, this is just so funny. So funny. So that is dopamine from the connection in your relationships, man. It is an amazing thing. It is joy. It's happiness. It's pleasure. It's all mixed into this perfect neurochemical cocktail. It's not wreaking havoc in my brain. It is energizing my brain. And that's what I want for you. Connections in your relationships and then in your hobbies. And we're mainly going to talk about your hobbies in this episode because the way that we get you from where you are to where we want you to be is to bridge the gap between major dopamine influx from pornography to not needing it and not getting it and getting smaller amounts of dopamine from a joy-filled life. But that bridge can be pretty far for some people and uh, it could be a little bit of a gap for others. What we're going to do in the meantime, based upon this scientific study and others, is you are going to identify an activity in your life or maybe one that you don't even do yet, but you've been wanting to do that is risky business, that it pushes your limits, something that you want to do and you get an adrenaline rush and it's going to give you a little bit of anxiety mixed with pleasure for this big, as big possible dopamine influx that we can get your brain without going to pornography, masturbation, or anything sexual. We're going to get this dopamine influx from something that brings you happiness, joy, and pleasure. We're going to mix those neurochemicals up so that you get a beautiful cocktail, not the Kool-Aid, not the intensity of just dopamine alone. You get the perfect neurochemical cocktail. Okay. So how are we going to do that? Now, that might be different for you than it is for me. And a quote from that study is that it's experience-dependent fluctuations in neural activity. So it's the influence of risky decision-making. That's what we're looking for. We want to shape your new reward experiences so that we can change your behavior using your experience-dependent fluctuations in neural activity. And what that means is personally for you, salient for you, individually for you, what is going to give your brain the biggest rush? Now, I've shared in in a video and in podcast before, this girl signed up for motorcycle lessons. Yes, I know some people are less than happy, but you know what? I've been wanting to, and I've been wanting to learn how to shoot a gun now that I live in the South. Nobody in the North knows how to shoot a gun. Everybody in the South knows. And as we move down here, I'm like, that's a thing. People have concealed carry licenses. Not that I ever want to have a concealed carry license. Even though maybe I will, but not that I ever want to have a gun on me. But you know, I thought I've always wanted to learn how to shoot a gun. Now that I live in the South, I'm, I've been here for almost 10 years, but, and my children are older, so I don't have to really worry about uh, the dangers of it. This girl's going to sign up for shooting lessons pretty soon. And I'm pretty psyched about it, but I've got to finish my motorcycle adventure and learning how to ride my motorcycle. I signed up for my motorcycle license test. Uh, hopefully I pass it and I'm starting to look at motorcycles, which is really fun. And of course, my husband being the funny man that he is, was going on and on about how we're going to go on trips with him on the back of my motorcycle. <laughs> we have friends that ride motorcycles and as typical, it's the man who rides the motorcycle and their partners are on the back. So we're joking about the irony in our situation, even though that won't happen. But 
Now, here's what I want you to do in this podcast episode. I want you to think about what is the riskiest thing that you've been wanting to try? What is the thing that gives you the biggest rush when you think about it? And then I want you to try it. And we've talked before in other podcasts and other videos that lifting heavy weights or doing something heavy can kind of... um, give you the feeling of this because when you lift heavy things and you're kind of getting that anxiety and rush feeling to it, that can give you a little bit of it. But the way that you can leave porn behind forever is by creating an engaged life, finding a way to engage with your life from now until the end of time. And that's why I just said that when, after I'm done learning how to ride a motorcycle and I keep taking some cruises, some joy rides, and I'm having fun with it. And then maybe I get a little bit better and maybe I get a little bigger bike or faster bike or something. Once I do that, I'm leveling up. And we're going to talk about that leveling up within a skill is part of continuing to make that riskiness and that dopamine influx keep coming. Then I can add something else into my life. And then what also it's going to do for you is when the weekend comes, you don't have the opportunity to sit around doing nothing, which can lead you down the slippery slope of porn consumption again, because you already have it planned on Thursday that you're going to hit the road on your motorcycle on Saturday, and you're going to take an hour ride. And an hour ride is going to be a half hour prep time and a half hour break downtime. And before you know it, you've got a two to three hour experience and your day is filled with engagement, which is very different from distraction. We are not talking about just jamming your life with things that keep you busy. These are going to be activities that keep you engaged, that you get excited about it on Monday. You're already thinking about what you're going to do on Saturday because you're excited and you're jazzed up to go do it. Now, let me go back for a minute and talk about the idea of leveling up skills within this activity. It's a brain boosting activity. So actually uh, my friend who just bought his motorcycle, which is part of my timing right now, uh, dropped off my daughter and her bestie. Uh, My friend is my daughter's bestie's dad. So, and he's cruising around in his, uh, in his convertible because it's a super beautiful day here in North Carolina. So he cruises up with the girls in the back of a convertible. That's dopamine producing for him and for the girls. I was excited to see it. But anyways, he got out and he took him to Defy Gravity, which is like a trampoline park. And he's like, we're back pretty soon because they got bored quickly. And then this is what he said. And it's really perfect. As soon as he said it, I'm like, oh, I got to use that in the podcast. He said they got bored because they're not trying new things on the trampolines. He's like, if they plan some new jumps that they were going to do and they tried to do some new things, it would still be fun for them. And we would still be there. And he's totally right. If you just go to defy gravity to keep bouncing without any thought of how you're going to make it a little harder for yourself, then you get bored of going there. You don't want to keep going because you don't want to bounce around and then go back and bounce around. But if you go to defy gravity with the idea of trying to jump higher or the idea of trying to do a split in the air or the idea of learning how to do a backflip or a front handspring, or, you know, the options really are endless 
if you go there with the idea of how you're going to make it a little harder, a little trickier, a little bit more engaging, a little bit more dopamine producing, you're going to want to go back again to level it up again. So the example that I just gave, I already thought that because I've been looking at motorcycles and uh, I'm going to start with a small, not that fast one, because I need to be careful, first of all, obviously. And secondly, that, you know, this way I can take some cruises, but if I get good at it, then I can always move up to a faster, more powerful bike. And that's levels and levels will keep you moving in the right direction. So when you think of your brain boosting activity or two here, that has a rush to it, get a rush going. You can start at the lowest level of the rush and move up to something that's more rush providing, and that is still going to be a beautiful thing for you. So we've got rock climbing, we've got parachute jumping, uh, we've got scuba diving, all of those are, you know, come to the top of mind of activities that might produce a little rush. But I don't want you to go do those things if they don't resonate with you. It has to be experience-dependent fluctuations in neural activity. It needs to make your neurons fire up. Your synapses get firing and to fire up a neural pathway towards dopamine influx from the world because you're going to leave the screen behind and there's not going to be dopamine there anymore. And if you've seen my videos or you've heard me talk about withdrawal symptoms or flatline, they can be brutal for some people, but are felt by most people. What I want for you is that you don't feel them and that you are offsetting them by getting engaged in your life as early and as soon as possible. This is the way to do it. This works. So you can do it by all kinds of dopamine producing activities. And, you know, I always share with you what some of mine are, and I do them across my entire day where I will uh, you know, I like to cook, I like to learn new recipes. And then, you know, I, I encourage every person to just learn how to cook because it produces dopamine and doing it. It's a slower activity and you get to eat it at the end. Thus foods, very dopamine producing. So I like to cook. I like to listen to music. I've been getting better in my boxing. I've learned some super sweet combos and I have reached out to the boxing club around me so that I can go up for classes where, first of all, I can have mentorship and work out with somebody who becomes a mentor, which is obviously going to increase my skills, my engagement, my connection. It's going to crank me up, hold me accountable to it, but it's going to be next level stuff because I've been doing boxing by myself for a while now uh, with my app and I'm getting pretty good. Super fun. It's super fun to do the combos and put all these combos, long combos now I can do, which are is pretty neat. But then I'm going to level it up by going and having to do it in front of other people, which is next level stuff, of course. And then in those classes, they'll be dynamic instead of kind of static in the way that I've been learning it incrementally. So that's going to level me up in my boxing. And this way, within my hobbies that are already dopamine producing, I'm going to produce more by continuing to challenge myself and move in the right direction. I want that for you. So I want you to figure out five activities 
Five of them. Yep. Right now, I want you to get out a piece of paper. Hopefully, you have a journal already. Um, if you're going to engage with my content, I really encourage you to get yourself a sweet leather or pleather. Uh, you can get affordable ones off Amazon, pleather um, journals, and a nice pen that makes you want to write in it. So you can start working on yourself. We forget that the investment in ourself and our healing and our self-development, that is what life is about not about accumulating stuff. It's about getting on purpose and becoming the best version of yourself. And through doing that, there's a positive ripple effect that impacts everybody around you. They want to be by you. They like interacting with you. Your energy shifts their energy to be better, which means they're a better person to all the people around them. A positive impact across the entire world. For real, it works that way. Brain's a tune. So figure out five. And the reason it's five is because we're talking about engagement. You want to be engaged in your own life across your week. And when you take porn out of the equation and out of the recipe, for many of you, you're going to find there's a lot of time there. There's time that was being eaten up by that habit. And now we're going to fill that time. We're not going to jam pack it with things you don't care about. We're going to gently and flexibly fill it with things you do. And so when you think of five things you've always wanted to do or that you've started to do and you abandoned or that you've thought about doing, write them down. Write down 10 if you can. Uh, I don't think I shared this. I definitely didn't share it on the podcast because it just happened the other night. But uh, the other day, my daughter, who was quote unquote bored because she's 10, comes out and, and I don't jam pack their summers because I think summer should be for chilling when you're a kid. And, you know, she's been busy doing fun kid stuff, but she was bored the other day and she's like, I'm bored. It was towards the end of the day. And usually I tell them good. Cause I think boredom is good for kids when they're figuring themselves out. But she's like, what'd you do all day? And I told her the things that I did. I cooked, I did learned some sweet boxing combos, which I shared with her. I read, um, I went for a walk. The whole day was filled with things that filled me up. It was a Sunday. So the, they were things that engaged me and I did some with other people. I did some by myself and she, she looked at me and she goes, I've got to get some hobbies. It was just so cute listening to a 10 year old. So I said, I have an extra journal. Um, do you want it? And she went to get, she has a journal too, but it kind of had some junk in it. So I had a fresh one and I gave her the fresh journal and she was writing down some hobbies. So cute. Absolutely adorable. And uh, I got my journal out and I was writing down some other things that I wanted to explore. Um, we know that I have to get, I swear I'm going to add it in trading. I have to get trading because I've been wanting to, and I, I need to do some trading because I will regret that too. If I go too much longer without engaging in it because I really think it's cool and I want to learn how to do it. Um, tai Chi, I started to do Tai Chi and I haven't exactly gotten it in. Um, I want to do more personal development work, which I'm always doing, but I went for hypnotherapy the other day. Super cool because that was on my list of calming my conscious mind to tap into my subconscious. So I made a goal there and I took an action step and I had a really cool session with a hypnotherapist. So like I had figured out some of my hobbies, but she figured out some of hers. So, so hers is learning Spanish. She started to engage with the Duolingo app. She's been drawing, you know, hers aren't mine is the point. Cause you know, I'm like, how about boxing? She's like, no, nah, 
I'm like, how about reading? Negative. Even she's a good reader, but she came up with all these cool things, learn a language, Spanish, start drawing. And so she started to engage in these and she's been busy happily, uh, not just on Minecraft, but doing other things that fill her up. Five things, come up with five things that fill you up, that boost your brain. Now, here is the third part in this episode of the podcast is how are you going to make that actionable in your life? Now it's written in your journal and you're committing to it. I'm going to start to play darts in a league, right? Uh, Signing up for a league is the action step or putting it in your schedule to practice darts. Put something in your schedule that is an action step towards what you want to do. You don't even have to accomplish the thing in this week. You just have to take an action step towards making it real. You do that by putting it in your calendar. Hopefully you have one. Put it in your phone. Put it in your Google Calendar and set an alarm if you don't use any other calendar. Put it in your phone, have it go off and do that action step. So I made the action step of scheduling my motorcycle license test. And I haven't even gone for the training yet, but this way, right after the training, now I can take my test two weeks later. So that had been in my in my agenda. I put it in my phone. And then today I went on the DMV website and made it real. It is real now. It was just a thought the other day. Uh, and if you saw, and the, it was a thought the other day because I was at the DMV with my precious middle daughter who just got her license. And while I was there, I'm like, whoa, I should be uh, making my license test appointment so that I'm not, you know, finished taking this course. And then I'm at a perfect time to take the license test and I can't get an appointment for two months. So when I was there, I made the, I put it in my phone because I was in the middle of getting her, her license. So then then today I finally made it. It was, it's been three days, but perfect. So taking a thought three days ago, making it an action step so that there's another action step next month. I'm moving forward. You get dopamine hits, smaller dopamine hits from that. And you're going to get the big influx when you make the hobby real five hobbies, schedule at least one of them into your calendar. Don't forget about the other ones because as you get moving towards accomplishment on one of them, you can add another one in. And the goal is to create a flexibly scheduled life that produces as much dopamine as possible, especially in the short run, but you can keep it going in the long run. And so, you know, I talk to a lot of people in coaching and in consultations and, you know, what they tell me is, yeah, I, I love MMA. I am, I just joined a gym. I am, I'm trying to think of other things people told me, really cool things. I love to write. I joined a writer's club. Super cool, right? Toastmasters is another thing I've been wanting to do, but I haven't gotten to that. So anyways, make it real. Figure it out right now and realize this is what you're doing. Now let's go back to brain stuff for a minute or two. What we know an optimal brain does is that it has a healthy balance between goal-directed behavior and reward-seeking behavior. And we can make those intermingled and intertwined when you have an optimal healthy brain pattern. But right now, your brain has been trained only for reward-seeking or primarily for reward-seeking. It has been trained to go back to the behavior of porn consumption for a high-dose reward with an easy button, no work to it. What we have to do is get it back to a balance of 
goal-directed behavior combined with reward-seeking behavior so that your prefrontal cortex can fire itself back up. Because we what we know from the science is that when your prefrontal cortex activity is decreased or declines, there's difficulty in resisting immediate rewards and being able to hold on and forego the immediate rewards. So letting them go at the expense of not being able to move towards the larger future rewards. So it is right now your brain has difficulty resisting the immediate rewards at the expense of the larger future rewards. We need to flip-flop it so that your brain can forego the easy button hit of the dopamine influx from the screen and be able to move towards in smaller increments the larger future reward that creates happiness, pleasure, joy, the perfect neurochemical cocktail, and it keeps you engaged in your life. But in the short run, we're going to make those goal-directed behaviors and reward-seeking behaviors as dopamine-producing as possible. So think of the coolest thing that you've been wanting to do and do it. I'm giving you license as long as it's healthy for your brain and it's good for society, license to do that thing. Uh, my hubs loves to golf. So he went out on a limb and of course his involves dinero. Mine does too, I guess, but uh, in a different way, but everything does, I guess, right? But um, he loves to golf. So he and his best friend, who's my best friend's husband, went down um, to this golf area in our region called Pinehurst. And they're, I don't know, they're checking out these fancy schmancy golf clubs. And you should see him. He was on cloud, cloud nine. He was all thrilled with himself. He, he had them fitted. They have to be ordered. It's going to take a month to get here. The anticipation of them coming is really, really cool for him. And, you know, they were hitting balls with all these different golf clubs and he spent a day doing it. That is goal-directed behavior that's also reward-seeking towards the larger goal of getting these clubs and being able to go out on the golf course and crush it. So it doesn't have to be jumping out of a of an airplane. It can be this rush of go, going to try this new experience of this golf club fitting with this pro from out of town with these fancy golf clubs just giving you a rush in a different way in the golf that you love to do and have loved to do for a long time. So you can think of it that way. And then of course that's leveling up his game. It's helping him to think about his performance and to be able to make different, uh, you know, different drives and different putts and things like that, because now his clubs are new. So you can think of it that way too. Okay. So to put a bow on what we're talking about today, you can push your limits to quit porn by getting more dopamine in your life, by choosing the most dopamine producing risky has a little element of anxiety. It gives you a little bit of a rush when you think about doing it and an even bigger rush when you do it. And you can especially use this right now at the time when you quit porn so that it can give your brain a dopamine influx to offset withdrawal, to avoid flatline, to help push you through the beginning to the stage of a porn brain reboot where it gets much easier and you're creating the flywheel for consistent positive change in the right direction where people usually get hung up is when they're feeling like garbage because of the dopamine drop 
after you leave the screen behind and there's no dopamine producing activities. And where uh, I talked to someone the other day who usually works out, usually engages in their work. And, and this gentleman's like, I've just been laying around. I can't even force myself to work out. I haven't done my work in three days. And I'm like, dude, you have to force yourself to work out because it's dopamine producing for you. Just do it. Make yourself. I know it's super hard. Just pull yourself out and go do that. And he was able to do that uh, with the help of the headband, the brain training headband that I always talk about, started doing brain training sessions. I said, just start brain training, because if you can't muster up the, uh, you know, the brain pattern to get out there, start brain training and then force yourself. And he did it and he's back on track. But adding in these dopamine producing activities can really help to offset that period and get over it so that you can continue to be successful. That's what we're talking about here. Okay. Hopefully that's been helpful and uh, please go over to my website at drtrishley.com if you have any interest in a program to help you be successful, support with me. There's groups there that we can uh, work together directly so that I can keep you on track because this is important stuff for you, for your future, for the people in your life. And again, a massive ripple effect of positive change across the world. I know that sounds grandiose. It's not. It's a beautiful thing. It is true. We can together, we can help you heal your brain, come back from this and your healed brain can help to heal others. And we can totally change the world one brain at a time uh, together. So go off, find the coolest thing that you can do and remember control your brain or it'll control you.